Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. I'm Melissa Edgington. Here we are, day 16 of the 31 for 31 May Madness. Yeah. We're talking about things to teach your kids, and uh, 31 of them. Yeah, which is a lot. That's about, I mean, I think we probably could have stopped at about 20. I think we could have stopped at 10. (laughs) But alas, here we are with, uh, we're halfway. We're halfway. We've made it halfway through the podcast marathon. This is harder than it looks, y'all. Yeah. It may or may not be putting a strain on our marriage. (laughs) It is tonight. So, um... Let's go ahead and recap the day. So today was Wednesday, all day, and it was kind of an exciting Wednesday for me because I ate two cheeseburgers and had a iced coffee drink at our brand new Alney coffee shop. Yeah. Did you get to stop in there and get something? I haven't. I didn't get to go today because I went yeah. out of town to see a friend. Mm-hmm. So, how did you eat two cheeseburgers? Well, I've got the only Cub card that the football players sold me at the beginning of last year, or the beginning of the school year. And it says, if you buy one cheeseburger, <laughs> you get another one for free. That's supposed to be for two people to eat it. But I was by myself. <laughs> and I thought, why waste it? Right. So, I'm not going to eat supper. Did I already eat supper? No. I don't so know. So, on, on the day, I found that on the days where I eat a big lunch, I don't eat supper anymore. The reason I don't know if he ate supper is because he just got home. It's 10 Oh, yeah. Well, I, well, I haven't eaten. So, yeah. I'm going to make it till tomorrow without eating again. Yeah. So, all, all I will have eaten all day is two cheeseburgers and an iced coffee drink that was very sweet. That doesn't seem like a very healthy day. Probably not. <laughs> you need to take some vitamins. <laughs> but it smelled really good in that coffee shop. I can't wait to go in there. It has so, a very but nice you're not even aroma. a coffee drinker. I was today. But I, you you liked the iced coffee. I liked the iced coffee, and then I had a little shot of espresso, and I didn't quite like that. You I, just did you just drink that? You just drank it by like itself. Like a shot, like a tiny cup full of. You know, a lot of coffee. I mean, of a little bit of coffee that was really strong. Yeah. Strong coffee. I was really amazed by that. Is that all espresso is? It's just coffee without any water in it much? Well, it's I don't know. It, it has water in it. I mean, it's coffee. So I guess they have to make it out of water. But it's something about a high pressure. It's a ground up coffee. High pressure goes through the coffee grounds. And so you get a very intense, flavorful, you know, shot of is a is, tiny cup. is it flavored or is it just? It tastes like coffee. Straight black coffee. It's just black coffee. Huh. So what you do? What they do is they take that espresso and then they put that in um, a sweet drink, like an icy type drink. Oh, did you have like, it inside your drink? Yeah. yeah like, oh, you didn't just but, drink it by itself. I did both. Oh, <laughs> gave me a little bit of a little some, little bit, little bit of a leftover shot of espresso, and wow. uh, man, it was very. Um, so 
the, the way coffee affects me. Have I ever told you about this? No. I've tried to drink coffee. The last time I tried to drink coffee, I think I just got some. You know, we have the church coffee maker. Yeah. The big industrial like they have at restaurants. And I got some of that, and I just drank it, and it uh, made me really shaky, a little jittery. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. But I was down there. I got caught up in the moment today, and I thought, I want to go. I want to get a coffee drink. Yeah. It's a coffee shop. I don't want to come in here and get tea. It's actually a coffee and tea shop. Yeah. But I thought, you know, it's really a coffee shop. I didn't want to get a smoothie or a frozen hot chocolate, although that sounds great. So I went with the, what's called the hometown mocha. And it was good. And I will have another one. All right. And then about 30 minutes later, I was shaking <laughs> for a little while. I wonder why coffee does that to you. And that one's weird. I Cokes like and stuff don't. No, uh, cold, uh, regular soft drinks don't make me feel that way. But I feel like a wino, like drying out whenever I drink coffee. I get real shaky. It doesn't sound all that pleasant. No, but it, you know, but it tastes. It was a very tasty drink. It was worth it. They have their drinks all looked good. I saw some pictures of them online. They look good, right? They look really. This is a big deal in Olney, you know, because we've only got thirty five hundred people here, mm -hmm. and so just for our listeners, so you know, when you get something like a really cool coffee shop in it's town, it's really cool. It's in a big there, deal. Too. It's cool in there. Yeah. And if you're ever passing through Olney. You need to stop at Hometown Coffee and Tea. Yeah. And really, really just love it, relish it, and realize Graham, Texas does not have a coffee shop like that. That's right. Neither does Archer City. Neither does Seymour. So we kind of have something that no one else around us has. <laughs> and we don't ever get to say that. That's not true. We've got some pretty cool stuff at Olney. Oh, really? I mean, I'm just saying that that kind of a thing, we don't have, you know, we do yeah. have, I mean, no, nobody else has air tractor either. Yeah. So when you go in there, you'll feel like you're not an only. It feels, has a total different vibe to it. Yeah. But it's really cool. And you are an only. So that's what being an only is like now. Yeah. You go into this restaurant down or this coffee shop downtown. It smells so good in there. It smells fresh. Yeah. And it smells, you know. Um, I don't even know how to describe the smell. It smells like coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's how you describe it. But the, that good, you know, it just seems neat. So yeah. I'm, so I did that and uh, worked on my sermon. Then you left. Oh, we went to kindergarten award day. Yeah. So our last, our last kiddo graduated from kindergarten today. If that was a graduation. It was awards day. It was called Kindergarten Showcase. Oh, Showcase? Really? Yeah. That's what it was called? Yeah. It was a showcase. <laughs> they all sang songs about first grade that were put to the tune of popular pop songs mm -hmm. from the radio. And Emeralds was to the tune of Shake, Shake It, it Up. Uh, Shake It Off. Shake It Off. <laughs> my friends are cuties. No, my friends are cute as they can be my teachers. Crazy for me, and I don't know what the rest was. And, and I'll be in first grade saying it's going to be all right. Okay, I'll be in first grade saying it's going to be all right. It was, yeah. it was good. What was, what was the players going to hate, 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 hate? What was that part? 
We're ready for first. Oh, well, we did grow up, 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 and we're ready to move on, 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 mm. on, on. We're ready for first grade, grade, grade. Oh, that was good. <laughs> first grade, first grade. It was really cute. Yeah. They, they did a good job. One kid, one class did like a Grease song. One did Uptown, Uptown Funk. Funk, but they were all you know kindergarten themed. Yeah. Songages. It was nice. It was cute. And then that brings us uh, to our topic for tonight. Which is teach your kids that they are not the center of the universe. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that, that hits my ears weird just to hear you say it. Yeah. Because it seems often like they are the center of the universe. It seems like it. But like we we're have just to, revolving around them and all their to. activities. We have to constantly be reminding them that that is not the case. Even though it seems like it is. Yeah. And in a small town, sometimes kids can easily believe that they are the center of everything. Yeah. Because we take such pride in them. Yeah. We want such, we have such dreams for them. <laughs> we want such for them. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> so, I have such dreams for these children. Oh, they're realized. <laughs> so there are a lot of ways that you can do this with your kids. Well, first of all, let's talk about why it's important. Kids should know that they're not the center of the universe because it's so bad for them to feel that they are. That's how you get kids who are entitled, mm. who think they don't have to listen, who think that they know best. You want to constantly be reminding your kids. There's a difference between adults and kids. Mm -hmm. Kids don't make decisions, you know, big decisions. They can make little decisions that the adults allow them to make. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Chad and I will, you know, when we're trying to decide where to eat, we will say to the kids when they're giving opinions, we say, uh, kids don't decide this. Yeah. I'm asking you. I'm asking you, where would you like to eat? Because I want your input. That's what I tell them. Yeah, but you're um, not deciding. But, you know, and they'll say, well, you know, well, why did you ask me if you didn't really want to know? Well, you know, I'm just, I'm going to make the decision. I just wanted to get all the facts. <laughs> yeah. Figure out what everybody wanted. And that's, that, that's hard for kids, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Because they're kind of at your, they're at your, they're kind of subject to your whims. Right. Because, you know, they may be feeling like Chick-fil-A and you're thinking, today's Long John's, guys. <laughs> they're going to Long John Silver's. You the know. kids are very emotional creatures. I mean, as we all are painfully aware. And... If you start making your kids the center of the universe, then your whole world is going to be ruled by their emotions. Mm -hmm. And that is a terrible way to live your life. Mm -hmm. it, makes, it makes everything so much more difficult. So you cannot allow yourself to be ruled by your kids' feelings about things. Yeah. I'll give you an example. There was um, somebody that was an acquaintance of mine a long time ago. And... Um, I remember her, they were leaving some kind of family event or something. It was late. It was time for the kids to go to bed. They were leaving already way past the kids' bedtime. Well, one of their kids got so upset that they were having to go home and go to bed. 
threw a huge fit about it, you know. And then when they got home, instead of making that child go to bed, which was why she was throwing a fit because she was overtired and her emotions were completely out of control. Mm. The mother um, planned a little special thing with just her and, and that child where she let the child stay up past midnight playing games, you know, and stuff. Instead of putting her to bed because she wanted to be sensitive to the child's feelings because she didn't want to leave the the event that they left. Mm. And, you know, that, I mean, there's different schools of thought on that. Some people would look at that and say, well, what a sweet mother that she would do that. But I look at that and I say, that is not the best thing for you or the child. You know, it's time for everybody to go home and go to bed. And because you're letting yourself be ruled by your kid's emotions, mm. the child didn't go to bed when she really needed to, and neither did you. Mm-hmm. And you taught the child when you throw tantrums, you get what you want. That's a big thing. You can't, you can't indulge that. Even whenever you're wrong and they're throwing a tantrum, you can't indulge it. Um, <laughs> you can't make them think they're in control. Yeah. yeah I mean, you really truly can't give them that impression. Right. And too many, too many times, I think those, the, and because they don't even realize how abnormal, like I see kids acting a certain way and they don't realize how abnormal the way they're acting. They don't know what's normal. Right. So a, a lot of people are looking at the way maybe us and millennials, are, we're, we're Gen X, but looking at millennials raising kids and we're kind of the, they call it like the helicopter generation. Mm-hmm. And people are looking at us the way we're raising kids and thinking that's, that's not normal. You know, that's not how kids have always been raised. Um, you know, and and you and I don't, don't agree on everything in in this regard. I think you're, you're, you're too easy on them in some ways. Um, so I think you're probably more right than I am. So I would say you have to do this within, within reason like there's some, sometimes you can give in to the child's a little bit, like the child's desires a little bit. You agree with that, right? Well, it all depends on the circumstance. Well, I'll give you a good example. Okay. I don't believe that children should be able to custom order hamburgers at McDonald's. And you, and you believe, you know, it's no big deal to tell them I don't want pickles on that. Right. That's yeah. true. So that's a, that's an area where we disagree, where you'd say... You know, if the kid wants a, there, n- no mustard on their hamburger, where I would say, and, I, and I'm fine with that. I, I don't believe in that, though. <laughs> well, I don't like for kids to get to, to be bought food that they don't eat. So that's why I like to make yeah. it how they want it. And what I, my thing is like, look, I, I don't like the hassle that a kid would put somebody through to make a custom burger for them. That's unreasonable, I guess. But, but you know, Chad. Yeah. My dear, sweet husband. Yeah. Think about the way you order your hamburgers. I'm a grown-up. Because <laughs> I'm ordering, but I'm ordering them. Um, I'm not saying I don't like this or that. I'm saying we're going to put as much on this burger as we can. Okay, listen. Dear listeners. Yeah. Listen to how Chad orders his burgers. He has a certain order that he wants the items of the hamburger to be in on the burger. Which is a normal way to make a hamburger. And 
he wants a certain condiment on the top bun and a certain condiment on the bottom bun. I like mustard on the bottom and mayonnaise on the top. I like mustard, um, you know, uh, pickles. Well, I take pickles on the top. I guess I'm just good with the mustard on the bottom, then the meat, then the then the cheese, then the vegetables, then the mayonnaise. That's why I like it. But I wouldn't I wouldn't want a mayonnaise on the bottom bun. That's not right. So is it is it easier to make Sawyer a hamburger plain and dry, or is it easier to make your hamburgers with your special condiments in a special order? It's probably more difficult to make mine. On the other hand, when I was growing up, you didn't get to say, <laughs> I don't want this or that. You had to eat it. Yeah. Or you had to pick it off when you got there. Right. But there wasn't going to be, you know, some special burger made for a 10-year-old. You're going right. to get whatever was coming off the line. Gotcha. Yeah. So so that's that's one area where I'd say you're, you know, you don't want to make kids think they're the center of the universe. So, but you do believe, like, you're reasonable in that way. Like, that seems reasonable to me to say, hey, if you're not going to eat this, I have an unreasonable position. Though it is the correct position. <laughs> But I'd say you, you, you make a compromise. Oh, you're saying that's how I'm a little bit easy on them. Yeah, you're a little easy on them. Right. But, but we do not get into the ridiculousness of running to like three different fast food restaurants. Right, no. We're like, hey, we're going to eat here. I don't want tacos. I don't want Taco Casa again. Why do we have to eat tacos every Tuesday? Because it's America. Well, why, do we, why, why can't we go somewhere? Why do we always have to get tacos? Because tacos are the greatest food ever invented. And they're 89 cents. And they're cheap. Well, they're 99, <laughs> but they're cheap and they're good. And I like Taco Casa. So we, you know, we haven't made them eat there in a while. And they were, anyway. So if we say, hey, we're going to Taco Casa. And they say, I don't want Taco Casa. We say, good, you don't have to eat. Awesome. <laughs> That'll save me money. And you know what they do every time? They, they eat order. their tacos and yeah. they order. So if you just don't put up with that silliness and, and say, well, I'll just let me just run over to Chick-fil-A and get you something. And let me just go over here and get you something. And we want to make everybody happy. No, no, don't do that. Even Melissa doesn't do that. <laughs> she will say, hey, if you want a taco with, with you know, no lettuce, I'll, I'll tell them to make you a taco with no lettuce. Yeah. But I'm not going to go over there and get you chicken tenders at Chicken Express. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's, that's teaching your kids... That they can inconvenience everybody and waste time. Well, I see. I believe it's rude to bring. Um, oh yeah, it's terrible to bring food from another restaurant into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've noticed that people. I mean, maybe that's okay now because a lot of okay. people do that. A lot of people do that because their children are the center of their universe, and they shouldn't be. So, that was even like a rule on youth group trips. They would say. If you order food at this restaurant, eat in there. Yeah. Don't get it and come over here to this restaurant. Right. But people would do it anyway. It yeah. would break that rule. Okay, but restaurants are not, you know, like we're really harping on the restaurants. I'm saying that's a place where it comes out, where you see it a lot. Right. That is, is it, true. There's like this. In the eating. There's this, you know, the eating, there's this accommodation. Yeah. I don't want this. I don't want this. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is there's an there's a reasonableness you can be reasonable and you can be unreasonable in it. The, so, the heart of teaching kids that they're not the center of the universe is that you have to teach your family to defer to one another. 
Mm. at different times, you know? Mm-hmm. There has to be compromise. There has to be deference to other people. There has to be considering what other people want. Because honestly, if you have three kids, there's never a time when you're going to be doing exactly what everyone wants to do. Unless you're eating pizza. Or if you're at Six Flags. Right. And even then. Yeah. So you're teaching them to put other people's needs in front of their own. Right. Which is, you know, a very biblical concept of thinking of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Love other people, you know. And so then if you can remove the child from, and, 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 you know, it's sort of like a, uh, how would they say this? It's sort of like a Copernian, Copernian revolution. It's a Copernian epiphany. If you can, you know, as, as with when Copernicus discovered that the earth was not the center of the solar system, right? but it was the sun. Well, that changed everything. Right. So if you can kind of give your children, if you can remove them from thinking that everything revolves around them and show them the thing that everything actually revolves around. Yeah. Then, then you're giving them the proper perspective, which with, with which they'll live their entire life. Right. So if you can teach them, Hey, the actual center of the universe is Christ. And then how do we, how do we, um, live in light of that truth? Right. Uh, Everything we do needs to revolve around him and not around ourselves. And that, that goes into a lot of different areas you deal with when you're raising children, because kids can be very self-conscious. They can think everybody's thinking about them all the time and what Mm -hmm. they're doing. And, you know, if you are teaching the concept, no, it's not all about you. And people don't really care what you have on today. And people aren't going to be thinking right. about you today. They're thinking about themselves. Or the drama of junior high with, you know, we've got the, you know, junior high, some junior high girl drama, if that occurs, where friends are not getting along, or if somebody says something or a boy is getting on your nerves or whatever happens to be the issues in junior high. Then you just remind them, well, you know, should your attitude be affected by this? Should how, how are you reacting to this in the proper way in light of the truth that you know? Right. You know, are you letting yourself be affected by this? And uh, if if you can just kind of pull them back to the to that that perspective that there's something else that's more important even than your drama. Right. Th- then that that pulls them back into reality. And they and they have a right look at things, right. but if you don't, but if you, but if you're just, you know, if they're the center of your universe, which I think maybe that's the actual problem, is that we tend to make idols out of good things, mm. and maybe we've made our children um, the idol, and so if our lives are supposed to revolve around the Lord and His kingdom and His kingdom rule in our life. And yet we have put children there in the place where the Lord needs to be. Then if we, if everything, if we are revolving around our children and they're the thing in which we're finding significance, if they're, if our children are the source of our hope, if the children are, um, the source of our meaning and purpose and whatever other words you want to put in there, uh, work, that's a real disservice to them because why wouldn't they get the message? If we're worshiping them, right. why wouldn't they think they're worthy of worship? And so that's 
that's probably the real heart of the lesson is it's really the thing to teach your kid is something you need to learn right. is that um, the Lord needs to be in the center. The I, Lord I, needs to be the center of the universe. Right. I think a lot of parents today are afraid to tell their kids no. They're afraid to uh, make their kids unhappy in any way. And maybe they're afraid of the repercussions of that because kids are so entitled. Mm -hmm. But I think you should make it a practice. I even wrote a blog post called Have a No Day because (laughs) there were all of these things going around the Internet about have have a yes day. Uh, Just have a yes day, just where you say yes to everything your kids ask, you know. And I just thought we like that. We are. That's how everybody already lives. Have a no day where you say mm. no to everything that they ask you to do (laughs) and just show them who's in charge. Yeah. I mean, there are there is a lot of benefit in showing your kids. I mean, when your kids are watching a movie and you want them to get up and do something else, just going in there and turning off the TV. Mm. And saying, we're not doing this right now. We're going to do this other thing I want you to do. I think parents a lot of times are afraid of doing that. I don't know what they think is going to happen. But, um, you know, if you're constantly in the habit of showing your kids, it's not all about you. You're not the one in charge. You're not the decision maker. Mm -hmm. Then whenever you make decisions as they expect you to do, they're not shocked by it. They don't throw a fit. They just get up and do it. Right. Yeah, they they really ultimately uh, appreciate that. I think when they kids kids need and want boundaries, even though they will fight against them. When you set boundaries for your kids, that is how you're teaching them that you care about them, that you're taking mm. care of them, that they don't have to worry about things because you're thinking about all the things, you're figuring all the things out, mm. and you are deciding what is good for them and what isn't. And I think it's been shown over and over again that kids who grow up in homes with no boundaries grow up feeling like nobody cares what happens to them. Mm. Mm-hmm. So ultimately they'll appreciate it and it'll be uh, a, a security for them, right? It's a comfort yeah. to know someone cares about you enough to say, no, you can't have that. Exactly. I just recently had a, a mother here in Olney. Come and tell me her kids are grown now and they're amazing people and I just love them to death. And she was telling me, you know, we were very strict parents. You know, we were some of the strictest parents in the high school, you know, when our kids were in school. And she said, you know, her son is, is in his late 20s now. And she said, he recently came to me and he said, Mom, I just wanted you to know that it was a relief to me how strict y'all were because I never had to make the decisions. I could always just tell my friends, mm. my parents won't let me do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was funny. We were talking about something tonight, you know, a decision for Adelaide, seventh grade, had to do with the way she's going to spend her time. And, you know... Uh, I don't even know how to really describe that without being, you know, the best way to vaguely describe the issue without revealing too much about her life or whatever. But it came down, you know, she said, well, there's no decision to be made. Now, that's ultimately what she said. I mean, I think she kind of upset her that there was no deliberation. She said, there's no, there's no decision to be made. The decision is made, you know, um, about this particular issue. And I said, that's the thing about Christianity, really. 
Yeah. Is that in discipleship, you usually really know there's not a choice. Right. Like we try to think, well, should I do this or should I do this? But really with, with Christianity, like you just know this is what you need to do. It's just a question of whether you'll do it. Right. Whether you'll be faithful and, and do it. Yeah. And so maybe that's kind of, since that's the way the Lord has dealt with us, he's put us not at the middle of the universe. He's called us to deny ourselves, take up a cross and follow him. Yeah. And, and, and he's told us how to live and how he wants us to live. And then because of that, we have comfort and security of knowing he's in control. Yeah. That he is sovereign over all things, that he's always going to look out and do what's best for us, even if we don't understand it. And so I guess that's ultimately what we're modeling. Right. Is that you're, I'm not the center of the universe, and there's great comfort in that. So. And by the way, one of the best ways to teach your kids they're not the center of the universe is to take them to hospitals, funerals, mm. and nursing homes mm-hmm. and involve them in ministry. Mm-hmm. Because the more kids are serving others and they're doing things they might not necessarily jump at the chance to do, um, the more they learn that it's not all about them. They do mm-hmm. some things just because God can use them to help other people. Yeah. And it's good for them to be, you know, it's it's good for them whenever something nice happens uh, or whenever there's a blessing that they weren't expecting for them to really be surprised by it and appreciate it. Yeah. Like in the other day, whenever I don't even remember what she was buying at, however you say that store's name, Ario Postiali. Is that the way you say Aeropostale. it? Ario Postiali. <laughs> we were at the Ario Postal and, uh, <laughs> Ario Pestilence. And she was buying something and, you know, she has her own money and she was going to buy some clothes with her own money, some shirts or something. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's a lot of money for her. It's like 40 bucks, wasn't it? She yeah. was going to spend $40 of her money she saved up. And I thought, uh, I... so, you know, <laughs> I said, I'll pay for half. <laughs> <laughs> that's real extravagant. <laughs> and she was like, really? You'll pay for half? That shows you what a, what, what kind of dad I am. She's like, really? You'll pay for half of these clothes? You know, most parents are probably buying their kids clothes. Like that's, they feel like that's their duty. <laughs> They're like, you know, I clothe. I'll be like, you know, I clothed and feed, fed you all the way through school halfway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I said, uh, I'll pay for half. And she said, why? And I, I was just like, well, you know, because you, because you, just because I like you and you live in my benevolent dictatorship. <laughs> and they said, what? What does that mean? <laughs> So we, they tried to figure out that. I'd heard one of my bosses say that before, that he he didn't run a democracy at his house. It was a benevolent dictatorship. <laughs> That's really the way you got to work it. Yeah. Uh, but it is benevolent. And she was really pleased by by that, that, you know, because she, I guess maybe we don't know, you know, that was unexpected. Yeah. Instead of just saying, you should buy me this, or you said you would do this, or you should. That's not... So it's nice. It's a nice thing to have a kid appreciate what you've done for them. Right. And there's plenty of times where they do act entitled, and trust me, they're not saints. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are times whenever – I'm not saying that you need to just totally discount your kid's feelings because we certainly don't do that. I'm, I'm probably a little too sensitive to their feelings. But there are times whenever you have to say to a kid, 
this is absurd. Yeah. This is absolutely ridiculous mm. how crazy you're going over this dumb thing that has happened that will blow over in two days. Mm. You know, just pull it together, get some perspective. Mm. That, again, is where nursing homes and hospitals come in handy right. because they see, hey, there's a lot worse things out there than what yeah. I'm dealing with. Yeah. When I, and, and I think you've taught them that well. And, you know, that's one of my, one of my, uh, my sayings. I've got a little saying for that. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Some people have real problems. Right. Yeah, that's my saying. Yeah. That's That's a terrible, like when somebody shuts down your whining with that. Yeah. You realize, man, I really am whining. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm so sorry. You know, some people have real problems, though. <laughs> and she pulled that one yesterday, and I can't remember exactly what, what it was, but, but something... We were, you know, I took her to dance yesterday, and something happened when we were driving, and she said it. Like, she said my words. She's like, don't they know some people have real problems? <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so they, they're, you know, they do pick up from you. They're, they're learning something from you, so. So just to wrap it up, you know, I would just say to you, parents, don't be afraid to be large and in charge, you know, in your home. And you can do it in very non-dramatic ways. You know, I very, 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 very rarely yell in our house. You know, it's it's uh, really easy when you have trained your kids to know that you're the one who's in charge. I mean, by the time they get to be 10 and 13, it's just, they're so, I don't know, they just, they get it. Yeah. They get it. Yeah. And if you've talked them through all this, I mean, a lot of these things we've talked about, like the kids would agree with you. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise them that you're talking about it because you tell them what I'm, t- I'm just, you know, you've got to learn. You're not the center of the universe. Right. Everything doesn't revolve around you. This, this moment is not about you. Right. So you're, you're lucky to be here. You know, you're lucky the benevolent dictator has brought you to th- this place. Right. And I know you're thirsty. And I know you have to pee. <laughs> I'm well aware of what you need right now. And I'm going to. And I'm going to get you to a bathroom, and we're going to find some free water somewhere. All right? <laughs> but you got to let me work my magic. Yeah. And they understand it. Yeah. yeah now, you... we, we have a lot of parenting ahead of us, and a lot of unexpected things will come up, and a lot of mountains to climb. And, you know, as a parent, you have to take it one day at a time. And that's mm-hmm. what, what you got to take it one kid at a time and one moment at a time. And a lot of But you know what's been really, what's been really good for us? Because I know we've n- not been there in every situation yet. I mean, we have, our oldest child is 13. Yeah. So we're just on the, the precipice of, uh, <laughs> of uh, p- uh, parenting teenagers. Um, but that's been one great thing about being involved so deeply in a local body of Christ. Yeah. Is that we've, you know... We've been in, in, involved in people's lives that have been parenting teenagers and, and knowing them so deeply and knowing their struggles and kind of seeing and learning from them. Yeah. And that's like parenting. That's maybe what one of the great things about the church is for us teaching us how to parent. Right. Because you walk with people as they're parenting. Your, your Christian walk is together. And, and, you, and you can learn so much from your friends who are parents and grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't ever don't ever discount all of the resources you have around you of people who've been there or who are going through it too, because I have learned so much from watching my mom friends do their thing. 
So if you are in a um, church, you know, uh, make sure you're getting to know people who are parenting and, um, you know, use them as a resource. So, well, hey, let's wrap this sucker up. Let's do it. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow on day 17. All right. Thanks for listening. 31 for 31. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.